I'm Tracy Sable tonight on EWTN News Nightly, head to head. Two Republican presidential hopefuls rally for votes in the New Hampshire primary. We have a report from the Granite State. Know the risks. Our Republican senator introduces pro-life legislation, while the Biden administration ramps up its pro-abortion push. In all the, my more than 30 years in, uh, in Jerusalem, I never saw such deep and strong hatred between the two peoples. The Latin patriarch of Jerusalem walks us through the tragedies of the war between Hamas and Israel and start spreading the news. Learn more about a pro-life diaper company's ad in the heart of New York City. These stories add more tonight. From EWTN, the Global Catholic Network, this is EWTN News Nightly. Thank you for being with us on the Feast of St. Mary Ann Cope. Our top story tonight, voting is well underway in the Granite State for the first in the nation primary, with polling closing at most sites in just about an hour or so. So here is what is at stake. On the Republican side, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is fighting for national momentum against former President Donald Trump. And on the Democratic side, candidates Dean Phillips and Marianne Williamson are attempting to mount a challenge against President Biden. And joining us now live from Manchester, New Hampshire, is Philip Crowther, international affiliate correspondent for the Associated Press. Phil, great to see you. So what is it like out there on the ground? I know New Hampshire's Secretary of State was predicting uh, record turnout today. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know yet whether that will be the case, but I can tell you that this morning early and polling locations did open early here in New Hampshire, 7 o'clock in the morning in some places, 6 a.m. here in Manchester in some polling locations. There were quite a few people out there, but very orderly. Uh, what I heard, though, from some of those uh, voters who I interviewed this morning was essentially a reflection of what we have been seeing and hearing in terms of predictions and the polls uh, over the last few days. You're seeing very high support for former President Donald Trump. Uh, he is, of course, the favorite to win here in New Hampshire. He's the favorite to get the nomination for the Republican Party, also to go up against President Joe Biden in November. We know that much, uh, but what you really felt there is that strong support from him from the Republican Party uh, base. Uh, now, what Nikki Haley, though, needs the former ambassador to the United Nations, she needs this system here in New Hampshire to really work for her. And it is a peculiar one uh, because it, here unaffiliated voters, meaning those who are uh, not registered with either the Republican or Democratic Party, they can vote in this Republican Party primary. And it is those more moderate voters who Nikki Haley really needs to get on board. She needs them to vote en masse today for her to be able to pull off what would be an upset, a victory for her here in New Hampshire. Philip, what last-minute messages are the candidates sharing with the voters? Well, the only thing you really can do at this late hour is to ask for your uh, supporters to come out in force, uh, to get out the vote. Uh, the uh, former president uh, today predicted a big loss for Nikki Haley in this primary. She also spoke at a polling location, uh, not really uh, responding to that offer, if you will, from Donald Trump. She says this is a marathon, not a sprint. Time for some last-minute cliches uh, from the candidates. Both of them, both Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, uh, spoke at polling locations here in New Hampshire earlier today. And I know that you talked to voters uh, at a couple of the polling locations today. What did they have to say? And what was your biggest takeaway? 
Well, look, I think one of the big priorities, uh, at least for Donald Trump voters, from what we've heard from polls, first of all, but also from those who I spoke to today in the likes of Derry and London Derry, that's about 20 to 30 minutes uh, outside of here, the largest city in New Hampshire and Manchester, is that their priorities are, well, border security and illegal immigration. We're a long, long way from the border with Mexico, but that is a lot of Republican Party voters' top priority. When you speak to, speak to those who will be supporting Nikki Haley, it's a different message, of course. It is a wish to go back to a Republic pa Republican Party, not of yesteryear, but certainly of the pre-Donald Trump years. Anyone who's voted for Nikki Haley, you will hear them most likely at some point talk about the fact that they want to get away from the chaos that a Donald Trump presidency, in their eyes, uh, brings with it. Uh, those are some of the big conclusions, I think, uh, you can get from speaking to voters here in New Hampshire on Election Day. Phil, we have about 30 seconds left or so. I know the polls are still open right now in New Hampshire. Um, but any predictions from you? How do you see this shaking out? Well, look, I think it's uh, worth looking at the final results. Uh, if we have to speculate on it, then if Nikki Haley wins this, it's a big success for her and a big surprise. If she loses it by a small margin, that can also probably be sold as a success story for her, a comeback story of sorts. If she loses by more than 10 percentage points, say, then the pressure will increase on her to drop out of the race. That pressure will come from donors, from supporters, and most likely from the former president, Donald Trump, who thinks he's got this tied up, essentially. Philip Crowther, live in Manchester, New Hampshire, for us. Thank you so much. Our President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris make abortion the central theme of their first combined campaign event of the year. This comes after they both hammered home the same issue on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade yesterday. White House correspondent Owen Jensen reports. Tracy, if the race for the Oval Office comes down to a rematch between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, which many expect it will, abortion will not be the only issue. But the Biden administration is making sure it stays in the spotlight for many months to come. As President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden leave the White House, heading to Marine One, on their way to an abortion-focused campaign event in Virginia, the Biden campaign releases a new political ad featuring a woman who criticizes former President Donald Trump. In Texas, you are forced to carry that pregnancy, and that is because of Donald Trump overturning Roe v. Wade. Monday, we showed you President Joe Biden meeting with his abortion task force. The vast majority of Americans believe the right to choose is fundamental. And Vice President Kamala Harris taking the issue on the road to Wisconsin. We trust women to make decisions about their own bodies. But abortion is not limited to the campaign trail. It is also a central theme at the White House. We were able to question Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre about President Biden's position on late-term abortion restrictions. I, well, if it's in row then that's what he wants to see. I'm just not going to get into it. It's whatever is in Roe, what Roe was when it was a con constitutional law, that's what the president wants to see restored. He's been very clear about that. Pro-life group Live Action writes, from funding international abortions to expanding access to the abortion pill, the Biden administration is doing everything in its power to expand its pro-abortion agenda into new arenas. SBA Pro-Life America adds, clarity is essential. When the American people understand the Democrats' agenda is to impose no-limits abortion on demand through all nine months in all 50 states, they reject it every time. 
Today, the White House said Roe v. Wade being overturned has had devastating effects on women and their health care. But pro-life advocates say the result of Roe being tossed out has been thousands of unborn lives saved. At the White House, Owen Jensen, EWTN News Nightly. In the wake of the March for Life, some Republican lawmakers are ramping up efforts to get more pro-life bills passed. They want to draw attention to both the expectant mother and her unborn baby. Capitol Hill correspondent Eric Rosales joins us now with that story. Eric. Good evening, Tracy. You know, whenever we go to the doctor for a medical procedure, by law, the physician must tell us about possible health risks. But that's not always the case for women seeking abortions. Senator Marsha Blackburn is trying to change that. She's introduced a Women's no Right to Know Act, a bill that requires doctors to explain all medical risks associated with abortions. She needs to be informed about the gestational age of that baby so that they know what features the baby would have, if that baby would be feeling any kind of pain. Senator Bill Cassidy, a medical doctor, agrees and tells me abortion risk information is critical. That same sort of form should be done for every procedure, including abortion, including abortion pills. These are the complications if you don't take it appropriately, but even if you do, sometimes you get these types of complications. We do that for everything else. We should do it for these procedures, too. Democrats charge the bill is meant to frighten women and undermine their reproductive freedom. The extreme mega Republicans are once again pushing their anti-abortion, anti-freedom, anti-woman agenda. We are committed right here to being a firewall in the Senate against the House Republicans' extreme attacks on abortions. We refuse to accept a future where our daughters and granddaughters have fewer rights than we did. But Senate Minority Whip John Thune says it's Democrats who are causing the most harm. At some level, I think everyone knows the truth of what abortion is. The killing of an innocent human being. The pro-abortion movement and the Democrat Party, unfortunately one and the same these days, have tried to obscure this truth. Congressional Pro-Life Caucus co-chair Congressman Chris Smith tells me Democrats don't want to talk about health risks to mothers and unborn babies. They never want to talk about what they do. They dismember babies. They, de be they behead babies. Off comes the head during the abortion, surgical abortion. And then they kill them with chemicals that cause starvation. As we know, Congress is currently in the process of working on a budget for this year. A group of House Republicans wrote budget negotiators demanding that taxpayer funds not to be used to fund abortions. That's a policy that's been in place for nearly 40 years. But Democrats continue to tell me that any poison pills like pro-life provisions are non-starters. At the Capitol, Eric Rosales, EWTN. News nightly. A judge in North Dakota will not temporarily block part of the state's revised pro-life law. An abortion business requested that doctors be allowed to perform abortions to save a patient's life or health. Currently, abortion is almost entirely banned in North Dakota. Doctors who perform an abortion could be charged with a felony. And we have a lot more still to come here on EWTN News Nightly, including... More than 60% of the houses are being destroyed. Uh, all the infrastructure, water, electricity, communication, no, there is simply nothing. A church leader in Jerusalem walks us through the horrors in the Middle East since the Hamas terror attack on October 7th. And a call for freedom. The church responds to a group of nuns kidnapped in Haiti.
And now to the crisis in the Middle East, where the situation in Gaza is growing dire by the minute. Thousands are fleeing from the southern city of Khan Yunus. Israeli troops are expanding their ground operations into the region. The United Nations says Israel's restrictions on food, water and fuel are taking a heavy toll on Palestinians, adding more than a half a million people there face catastrophic hunger. Meanwhile, 24 Israeli soldiers were killed after a rocket-propelled grenade struck a tank, the explosion causing two buildings to collapse. This is the highest single-day Israeli casualty count since the beginning of the invasion. Well, the conflict isn't just confined to Israelis and Palestinians. It is also impacting Christians in the Holy Land. As Demankos Poulet from EWTN reports, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem is bringing awareness to the conflict. After the 7th of October, the world, our world changed completely. Cardinal Pierre Battista Pizzaballa, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem and former Franciscan Costus of the Holy Land, visited Hungary on the state's invitation. During his trip to the Central European nation, the Cardinal gave a lecture organized by the Hungarian Franciscan Order at Pasharid Community Hall in Budapest titled The Situation of Christians in the Holy Land. The Patriarch was elevated to the rank of Cardinal by Pope Francis just one week before the terrorist attack by Hamas on Israel last October. Shortly afterward, he gained worldwide attention in the media for publicly offering his life in exchange for the Israeli children taken hostage in the Gaza Strip by Hamas. The church official, having lived in the Holy Land for over 34 years, in his lecture conveyed to the Hungarian audience that following the terrorist attack, Gaza has undergone a dramatic and devastating transformation. More than 60% of the houses are being destroyed. Uh, all the infrastructure, water, electricity, communication, not, there is simply nothing. Cardinal also stressed that in the current conflict, not only Muslims and Jews are affected, but all the remaining Christians living in northern Gaza are facing deeply distressing circumstances. The number of Christian victims in the region has exceeded 20. Through collaboration with Christian charitable organizations like the Hungary Helps Program, the Patriarch is actively engaged in delivering humanitarian aid to the communities, utilizing diplomatic channels. I never saw in all the, my more than 30 years in, uh, in Jerusalem, I never saw such deep and strong hatred between the two peoples. Cardinal Pizzaballa said he and the Christians living in the region find themselves caught in the crossfire of the conflict. Both Israel and Palestine express anger, alleging that the Patriarch has not condemned the serious actions of the opposite side with the necessary words. A claim that, according to the Cardinal, is untrue, but says, amidst heightened emotions, it becomes challenging to discern a more rational voice. What Hamas did in the 7th of October is unjustifiable, and also the killing of 20,000 Palestinians is not understandable. Um, we have to say this, but we have to find a way to say this uh, as friendly as possible and uh, with the attitude of uh, not just to remain there, accusing one and another. Uh, it's not a question of uh, balancing the words, and all, but to find a way to get out from this situation and to open perspective uh, for both the peoples. 
And we thank the EWTN Hungary team for that great report. Well, church leaders in Haiti are demanding the release of six nuns who were kidnapped last week. The Archdiocese of Port-au-Prince says citizens are sick and tired of the, quote, reign of terror that armed groups are inflicting. The religious sisters were traveling on a bus. No one has yet claimed responsibility. Pope Francis also called for their release while asking for social harmony in Haiti and an end to the violence. Up next on EWTN News Nightly, call to the faithful. The Vatican takes initial steps toward the 2025 Jubilee. We have a report from Rome. Plus, how a diaper ad in New York City seeks to inspire families to save the world. Well, award season is now in full swing as the nominations for the 96th Annual Academy Awards have been announced. Leading the pack with a total of 13 nominations, including Best Picture, is Christopher Nolan's three-hour epic Oppenheimer. Other notable films receiving recognition include the billion-dollar smash hit Barbie with eight nominations and Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon with ten. However, no honors were given to The Sound of Freedom, the biopic about child sex trafficking that grossed nearly $250 million worldwide and even bested Disney's Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny, the Oscars air in March. Pope Francis has consecrated the 2024 year as the year of prayer. This is in preparation for the Jubilee of 2025. The Holy See hosted a news conference today about the initiative. EWTN Vatican Bureau Chief Andreas Tonhauser has more. The Vatican has opened a pilgrim's office here in the famous Via della Consolazione, the large road leading up to St. Peter's Basilica. More than 30 million faithful, in addition to other travelers and tourists, are expected to flock to the Eternal City. Billions are being invested to prepare the city of Rome for this huge church event. As they say, that's the sound of progress. Ongoing renovation work in the Eternal City to prepare it for the upcoming Jubilee. But it's much more than that, according to Archbishop Rino Fisichella. He's responsible for the organization of the Jubilee. We cannot forget it. The Jubilee is a, a spiritual experience. So first of all, I think that a spiritual moment should be the most coherent in order to prepare uh, to be a pilgrim of hope. And in this sense, the prayer is the most coherent way uh, to prepare uh, the Christian community. Organizers want the millions who will visit Rome for the Jubilee to be able to have a unique faith experience in the symbolic places of Christianity. We have the tomb of Peter, and Peter is the sign of the profession of faith given to the Lord. So every 25 years to remember our profession of faith uh, in the front of the tomb of Peter probably can be really very meaningful. The Year of Prayer, announced on Sunday by Pope Francis, is meant to foster the relationship with the Lord, offering moments of spiritual rest. It will not be marked with particular initiatives. Rather, it's a privileged time in which to rediscover the value of prayer and the need for daily prayer in the Christian life. Well, first of all, I would say that the year of prayer 
doesn't enter in uh, opposition with uh, all the initiatives of the local churches. No, it's uh, just uh, a support uh, to all the initiatives that we have uh, already organized. Uh, the year of prayer has uh, just, uh, just uh, a role and uh, a goal, uh, rediscover the life of prayer. At the Vatican, Andreas Tonhauser, EWTN News Nightly. Well, finally, tonight, a pro-life diaper company just wrapped up its ad campaign right in the heart of the Big Apple. Every Life kicked off its Make More Babies initiative late last week in Times Square. The five-day campaign was timed to coincide with the March for Life. The ad included a social media post from Elon Musk that said having children is saving the world. The ad drew the attention of many pro-lifers and even Musk himself. After more, we turn to Sarah Gable Seifert, co-founder and president of Every Life, the pro-life diaper company. Sarah, great to be with you today. Uh, first off, tell us more about this ad campaign and why you felt it was so important to get that message out and in such a big way. Well, thank you again for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. And we did launch this massive campaign last week with a very clear message. We were inspired by Elon Musk. He said, having children is saving the world. And we 100% endorsed that message. We had a simple but powerful statement underneath the billboard that said, make more babies. And we believe that we need more babies, not less. And we're seeing birth rates decline. We're seeing parents saying that they want to push off having children or maybe not even having children at all. And I think a lot of that is because there is this push on the other side of the aisle that's projecting this message that children are a burden, they're a threat to our earth, that they're an inconvenience, that they're actually going to stop you from being able to pursue your career. And what we're saying at Every Life is that is not true. That is false information. Children are a gift from God. They are a blessing and it is a reward to be a parent. We champion parenthood. We know that children are our future. They're our hope. They are what help us continue on. And we need strong families in order to have a strong nation. So we put this billboard up loud and proud in Times Square. We carry that Make More Babies message into the March for Life in D.C. And if you head to everylife.com, you can learn more about this campaign. But we're really hoping and praying that this touches hearts and minds to realize that children are a gift from God and they are saving our world. Absolutely, they are. I love it, Sarah. What's been the reaction to your ad campaign? And were you surprised uh, that it caught Elon Musk's attention? The response has been incredible. We've seen record traffic. We've seen record sales. And we were really hoping that we could grab Elon's attention. So we were so excited and encouraged to see that he responded to the billboard going up and everybody talking about it and all the various platforms. And he endorses Make More Babies. He thinks that that is how we secure a strong nation as well. So the response has been phenomenal. We came out with a beautiful video as well that really displayed what life would look like without children, but yet how beautiful life is with children. So we encourage you to, again, go check out uh, everylife.com. Join us in our incredible mission, because at Every Life, we're not only changing diapers, we're truly changing lives in the process. Sarah, before I let you go, because we're running out of time, but quickly tell us a little bit more about your company and where folks can go to get your products. 
So we are the first pro-life diaper company. Every other diaper company on the market today financially and vocally supports abortion. And so we felt as parents an obligation to create the solution for parents that are passionate about shopping in alignment with their pro-life values. So if you head to everylife.com, you can know with a blessed assurance that you are partnering with a company that not only stands for life vocally, but we also support pro-life organizations, pregnancy resource centers that are in urgent need of diapers and wipes so they can help families that have chosen life for their baby. We love our give back program. It's called Buy for a Cause. Even if you don't have a baby in diapers, you can participate in donating those diapers and wipes to families in need. So we hope that you will join us at everylife.com. Again, we're not only changing diapers here, we are truly changing lives. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this with us. We appreciate it and God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you for watching tonight. Remember, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, X, and Instagram at EWTN News Nightly. I'm Tracy Sable. Good night and God bless.